we're at the point where we need to understand that God has our back. He's got our back. We can count on Him. We can trust Him. We can trust Him when things are going great. We can shout and praise and worship Him when things are going great. But I want you to know something. That you can also shout and worship and praise Him when things aren't going good too. Because God has our back. When it looks like all hell has come against you, against, you, against us, and the enemy has, has unleashed his fury with a vengeance, I want you to know God has our back. When all we are trying to do is obey the Lord, and we look lost and confused, maybe even dazed a little, and we walk around like we have no idea what is going on, we don't seem to know where we're headed, and we have no answer except to say, I'm just trying to follow God and believe Him. I want you to know it's in that time that God has our back. And that's exactly how the Israelites must have felt when they left Egypt and they're heading out and God takes them in a way that's not the quote right way, but He leads them and he leads them to the Red Sea and there's no way, no place for them to go. And then the Egyptian army comes chasing after them. And now they're pinned between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. And they don't have anything else to do. They don't, they don't have a plan B. They don't even have a plan A right now. All they knew was they were, they were following what Moses was saying to them. And now they're doubting Moses. And how many times do we get into that place as well? God leads us somewhere and then all hell comes against us. It looks like we're pinned against our back, but I want you to know God has our back. We have to keep trusting Him. We have to keep believing in Him. Because just like for them, the same thing is true for us. God was up to something special, even miraculous. And so I just want to encourage you, hang on. It's coming. When we find ourselves in that situation, here's what I want you to do. Just learn to stand. Just learn to stand. Hold on to His promises and let His glory be revealed in your life. Christy shared that about the month in at glance. Look, this is our time to stand. And when you stand knowing what God has done for you, what He is doing and what He's going to do, you stand with confidence. And we have plenty of evidence that God is faithful. And if God was faithful to them, I'm telling you, He's going to be faithful to us. If God had their back, God has our back. Woo! Yes. Alright, so here's some more good news. We are all going to face a wilderness experience sooner or later in our life and I also want to tell you, because I love you so much, it's going to be more than one wilderness experience. Alright? When you get over one, He's going to give you a breather time. And then you'll go over a little one. And then He'll give you another breather time. And then He'll keep developing us. 
But every time you go through a wilderness, if we will respond appropriately, God is just working in us. He's enlarging us, increasing our abilities. <clears throat> and I want you to know something. It's good, your wilderness, all of our, they're all going to look different because God has a way of dealing with us. He knows what he's working on in our lives. And so one wilderness, he may be working on one area of your life, but then he's got another wilderness for another area of your life that he wants to develop. And here's the thing that I want you to see. It's not about the wilderness. That's not the issue. It's not what kind of wilderness are you in. Here's what the issue is. How are you going to respond to the wilderness that you're in? It's our response that makes the difference. And it's our response that lets us know how long we're going to be in it. All right? Because God wants to know, in your wilderness time, are we going to keep believing in Him? Are we going to keep trusting in Him and following after His ways, even when they don't make sense in the natural? It didn't make sense to the Egyptians what God was doing with the Israelites. It didn't even make sense to the Israelites why God was doing what He was doing. But it made sense to God. And that's all that matters. And I want you to know, we can trust Him. He's got our back. If you're in Luke chapter 4, The lesson that we need to learn in the wilderness is God is for us. He's for us. He loves us. He's good to us. He's good for us. His heart is for us. You know, God led them into the wilderness. He's going to lead us into the wilderness. But part of my encouragement this morning to you is to know that God also led Jesus into the wilderness. And that brings us to Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. So he's not lacking anything, is he? He's full of the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Now this is after his baptism with John. And this is when God speaks from heaven and declares that he's his son. In him, he's well pleased. And he really hasn't even done anything except for breathe. Okay? Luke 4, 1, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he was hungry. And I'm not going to take time to read the temptations that came, but we know that he stood on the Word. Jesus stood on the Word of God, on the promises of God. He didn't stray from it. And that's what we need to do as well. Stand on God's word. 
stand on his word where his promise and his power are for us. And sometimes when we're standing, there are times that we need to declare things, but there are also times that we need to just be quiet. And by that, here's the difference of when you know you're supposed to speak and when you know you're supposed to stay quiet. When you're going to speak his word out, go ahead and speak it. But when you're going to start complaining about it, shut up. I saw that, Shirley. Shirley said shut up, so I, could, I knew I could say it. Because that's where we get in trouble is when we start complaining, we start murmuring. And it's not about our circumstances. It's really about God because we're saying, God, why are you allowing this to happen in my life? I thought you loved me. And he says, I do love you. Just keep quiet. Let me prove it to you. <clears throat> you don't have to turn there, but because I want you to stay in Luke chapter four. But I want to remind you of Exodus chapter 14. When they were let out, it says in verse 13, Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said to the people, fear not. This is when they saw the Red Sea and the army coming, you know. And he says, fear not, stand firm. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. you and you have only to be silent. Isn't that awesome? So when you're tempted to murmur, just stop. Now, I know we're human beings, and at first when we encounter things, yeah, we're going to say things. Okay, but then you have time to repent. You know, just repent. Go on and stay silent and start speaking His Word. Start reminding yourself of His promises. Because when you remind yourself of His promises, you're declaring to the enemy the Word of God, but you're also reminding God of His Word, and God loves to be reminded of His Word. Because he wants to fulfill it in our lives. And so they were to stand under the promises of God. And the covenant that he made with them and Abraham. That's it. All they had to do was stand there. They were going to be delivered as a result of God's faithfulness to his word. God promised to Abraham. I mean, they could have rehearsed this while they were slaves in Egypt, but God promised to Abraham, Abraham, your descendants will come back to this place and they will worship me here. And he said, in 430 years, they'll come back. And that's exactly when Moses showed up. So God keeps his word. He keeps his promise. He knows how to do it. But here's the interesting thing about our wilderness experiences. If we respond appropriately, there's something that happens in us. And here's what it is. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. <laughs> Woo. Luke 4, 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Woo. Isn't that good? You see, when we respond appropriately to the wilderness that we're facing, and we don't complain, and we begin to trust God, and, and we hunker down, and we, we get, to get into His Word, we draw close to Him, we're in prayer, we're not running from church, but we're running to church, we're running to a family that loves us and is going to support us. When we're doing all of that, then God says, okay, now I can trust you with power. 
You see, the wilderness isn't about the wilderness. It's about you. And it's about your relationship with God. And it's a time for you to draw close to Him. And to um, fortify your relationship with Him. And when you do that, then you come out of the wilderness with power. Let's read the, finish this and read verse 15. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Now He was full of the Spirit before. Now He's got the power of the Spirit. And a report about Him went out through all the surrounding country and He taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. Isn't that awesome? Now you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 14. Look, I want you to know this morning, you can trust what I'm saying because you can trust His Word. You can trust His promises. God has our back. He has our back. We are going to be okay. Everybody look up and say, I'm going to be okay. Amen. Exodus chapter 14, verse 19. Then the angel of God was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. And so he's talking about the pillar that was before them, which was at the Red Sea, moves and goes to the rear, goes to behind them. And he stands in opposition of the, Israel, of the Egyptians coming to attack the Israelites. So the Egyptians can't move because there's cloud at night or during the day, but then there's fire at night. So they're not coming. And while all of that, while the cloud and the fire are there now, the Israelites are moving across the Red Sea on dry ground. And then God's going to remove his presence. And then the Egyptians are going to come after them and then drown. Okay. And so the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire are representative of the presence of the Lord in the covenant he cut with Abraham. If you remember, when we looked at this, that God walked between, after Abraham had cut the animals in half, he went and God walked among them in a cloud of smoke and fire. And so I want to remind you again, when you are going through a wilderness experience, please don't give up on God. Keep reading, keep studying, keep speaking His Word, keep doing the things that you know that you're supposed to do. Because he has your back. I have been longing to get to these two scriptures out of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 52. When I felt called into the ministry, this is one of the chapters that I went to. Isaiah chapter 52. But we're going to look at just verse 12. And I want you to see this. Isaiah 52, 12, For you shall not go out in haste, and you shall not go in flight, for the Lord will go before you. And they say before you. And the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Say your rear guard. Look, he's talking about 
the fast that God has chosen and what they're supposed to do. And he says, when you've done that, he says, and this is the promise that you have. God is going to go before us, but he's going to be our rear guard as well. Isn't that awesome? He's got our back. And I know the reason that he's got our back is because even though he goes before us, we still do stupid things. We still do dumb things and we make mistakes. But he covers us. And when we repent, he deals with that. And he's covering us. He's got our backs. Isn't that awesome? They were led by the presence of God in the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And if God did that for them, he will do it for us as well. Just keep the faith. And then Isaiah 58, 8. Isaiah 58, 8. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn. And your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. You see, the presence that was there was the glory of the Lord. And we're going to see that this morning. And so God has our back. I want us to see that if we're in relationship with him, we're in covenant relationship with him. God has our back. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws at us. God is greater. God is bigger. His blood is stronger. There's no loopholes that the enemy can get around concerning the blood of Jesus. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 16, please. We're going to go through this quickly, but I want you to understand and we're, we're going to see it in here. But I want you to know that the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night is the presence of God. It's His glory. Okay? Everybody say His glory. Okay. Exodus 16, verse 9. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for He has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Okay, now this is after they've crossed the Red Sea. Okay, they're in the wilderness still, but they're in the Red They're on the other side of the Red Sea. They've crossed over and and this is revealed and it says that they looked. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. Okay, do you know what happened after this? They were complaining about not having meat and not having bread. And so God gives them meat. But he also, this is the next verses after this. He provides for them manna, the bread of life. Isn't that awesome? And that's what was shared even this morning with Christy. God has our provision even before we know that we need it. And it says that they look into the wilderness and saw the cloud. Oh my goodness. You can't even make this up. Exodus chapter 24. Verse 15. Exodus 24, 15. Then Moses went up on the cloud and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain. 
in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. And we know what he came down with, right? This is when God called him up. Everybody could see this. They could see the mountaintop. And for part of it, it looked like fire to him. Isn't that awesome? But that's God. That's his glory. And from there, we have the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33, verse 7. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. When Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again to the camp, in other words, he's leaving the tent of meeting that he just had with the Lord, and the glory of the Lord is there, the presence of the Lord is there, he leaves, it says, his assistant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. I'm telling you something. He was a smart young man. Joshua was smart. He kept hanging around the glory of the Lord. He kept hanging around the presence of the Lord. Even when Moses left, he stayed back because he wanted to get all that he could. And I'm telling you, I haven't said this for a while. Whatever portion you don't want, I'll take because I need it. If you want to leave some behind, that's your problem. I'll get it. I need it. Exodus chapter 40. Now, what we read in 33, they still didn't have the tabernacle built yet. They've got it built now. Exodus 40. <coughs> Verse 34. Exodus 40, 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until that day, until the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and a fire was in it by night. In the sight of of all the house of Israel throughout all their journey. Isn't that awesome? So we see the cloud, the fire, and it's all the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord is His presence. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 12, please.
Numbers chapter 12, verse 1. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. As I say, and the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. That's like being called into the principal's office. You in trouble now. And the three of them came out. And the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forward. And he said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth, clearly, and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed them. Or he, and he departed. And you can read the rest of the chapter. Find out what happened to her. Because it wasn't good, but it only lasted seven days. So God had mercy. Numbers 14. Numbers 14, 13. <clears throat> um, this is when... God is speaking to Moses and telling him to take the people into the promised land. <laughs> and yet they're complaining and everything else. And so God wants to get rid of them again. So this is Moses interceding. Numbers 14, 13. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it. For you brought up this people in your might from among them. And they will tell the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of the people. For you, O Lord, are seen face to face, and your cloud stands over them, and you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. Okay, so Moses is reasoning with God, and he's like, look, God, you brought them out. Everybody knows the pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. We know it's your presence. We know it's your glory. You can't get rid of these people now. He goes on, verse 15. Now, if you kill this people as one man, then the nations you have heard, who have heard your fame will say, it is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land that he swore to give them, that he has killed them in the wilderness. And now, please, let the power of the Lord be great, as you have promised, saying, The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth genera generation. Please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love, 
just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now. Isn't that a great intercessory prayer? <clears throat> if you're an intercessor, I encourage you to make note of that. Deuteronomy chapter 31, <clears throat> verse 14. Deuteronomy 31, 14. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tent of meeting that I may commission him. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared in, the, in a pillar of cloud. And the pillar of cloud stood over the entrance of the tent. And that was to show that his presence was there. Remember, Joshua is the one that used to hang around. Woo. He's leading them now. Nehemiah chapter 9. <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 9. He's reminding the Israelites they're rebuilding some things. and It's tough going, but he reminds them of this. And you saw the affliction of, your father, of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cry at the Red Sea and performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants and all the people of his, of his land. For you knew that they, were, that they acted arrogantly against our fathers and you made a name for yourself as it is to this day, and you divided the sea before them so that they went through the midst of the sea on dry land, and you cast their pursuers into the depths as a stone into, the, into mighty waters. By a pillar of cloud you led them in the day, and by a pillar of fire in the night to light for them the way in which they should go. You came down on Mount Sinai, and spoke to them from heaven and gave them right rules and true laws, good statutes and commandments. And you made known to them your holy Sabbath and commanded them commandments and statutes and a law by Moses, your servant. You gave them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought water for, for them out of the rock for their thirst. And you told them to go into the into possess the land that you have sworn to give them. Isn't that awesome? Let's continue. Verse 16. But remember the pillar of cloud. But they and our fathers acted presumptuously and stiffened their neck and did not obey your commandment. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them. But they stiffened their neck and appointed leaders to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and did not forsake them. Even when they had made for themselves a golden calf and said, this is your God who brought you out of Egypt and had committed great blasphemies, you and your great mercies did not forsake them in the wilderness. Here's what we need to see. The pillar of cloud to lead them in the way did not depart from them by day, nor the pillar of fire by night to light for them the way by which they should go. You gave your good spirit to instruct them and you did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the, in the wilderness and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. That's the presence of the Lord. 
That's the power of the presence of God. One more. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 10. First Kings eight ten. And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. I want you to know God has our back. We can trust him. Doesn't matter what you're going through. Doesn't matter the circumstances of it. You can trust God. He's got our back. It may look like you're crazy following Him, trusting Him, obeying Him. That's fine. Write it out. He's got our back. He's for us. He can provide for us. He can take care of us. I want to close with these two scriptures again. Isaiah 52, 12. For you shall not go out in haste and you shall not go in flight. In other words, be fearful. For the Lord will go before you and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. And Isaiah 58, 8. Then shall, you, shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. I just want to encourage you. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. The most wonderful place you can be is trusting Him and not trying to figure out why. You will lose your mind trying to figure out why these things have happened to you. To have a right mind, just keep trusting Him. Keep believing in Him. Keep knowing that He's made a covenant. He made it with Abraham, and that was a great covenant, but He's got a covenant with us through Jesus Christ, through a more perfect blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. He's got a covenant with us. He's going to keep it. He's got our back. And the glory of the Lord will be our rear guard. If you make a mistake, get over it. Okay? Repent of it. Start walking with Him again. God, I missed it on this. I thought this is what you wanted me to do. It wasn't right. Well, how do you know it wasn't right? Just because it looked like it wasn't right doesn't mean it wasn't right. He's still leading us to a place that He wants us to be. I told you when we started this, God doesn't take us on a straight path. It's not straight and smooth. It's got all kind of issues with it. It goes up. It goes down. It turns to the left. It turns to the right. It circles back. It circles up. It doesn't matter. He knows how he's leading us. Trust him. 